Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Michael Barrison, who was charged with the attempted murders of Lauren Kanarek and Robert Goodwin in Long Valley, New Jersey. Kanarek was struck in the chest by two bullets from Barrison's weapon, and as it was undisputed that Barrison fired those shots, his legal team argued that he was not guilty because he was legally insane at the time of the shooting and in the alternative because he fired those shots in self-defense. Previously on this season of Jury Duty, we heard opening statements from the prosecution and the defense, as well as testimony from several state's witnesses, including two Washington Township police officers, a Morris County detective, and the defendant's assistant trainers, Justin Harden and Mary Haskins Gray, the latter of whom was also the defendant's girlfriend. In this installment, we resume our coverage with the testimony of Dr. Ruth Cox, an equestrian investor who boarded horses she co-owned on Michael Barrison's property. That's all coming up right after the break. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. In the late afternoon of Tuesday, March 29, 2022, Prosecutor Christopher Shellhorn calls as his last witness of the day, Dr. Ruth Cox. Cox has white shoulder-length hair parted down the middle. She sports eyeglasses with black and silver rims and wears a leather vest with a white fur lining over a white shirt. She speaks with a southern drawl and tells the jury that she hails from New Bern, North Carolina. After Shellhorn elicits from Cox an acknowledgement that she knows the defendant and the two alleged victims, the prosecutor asks the witness, I want to direct your attention back to August of 2019. Were you in New Jersey at the beginning of the month of August 2019? I was. Specifically, do you recall where you were? You mean at his stables? Is that the question you're asking where, me? Where were you staying? I was staying at his stables, yes, sir. Meaning the defendant, Michael Barrison? Yes, Michael Barrison's stables, yes, sir. Do you recall where that stable is located? In Long Valley. And on August 4th or August 5th, were you having a conversation with the defendant in the stables on that property? Yes, sir, I was. Did he ask you for something? Yes, sir. What did he ask you for? Uh, He wanted to see a gun that I had in my car. Do you recall what kind of gun that was? It is a 9mm Ruger, the small pistol. Do you recall what color or coloring it was? Uh, Yes, sir. The bottom part of it is uh, pinkish in color, like pink camo. Camo, do you you know what I mean? Yes, sir? Yes. Short short for camouflage? Camo? Yes. Yes, Yes, sir. Camouflage, yes. Go ahead, Mr. Shaw. Thank you, doctor. Did uh, he take that handgun from you during the course of that conversation? Yes, sir, he did. And on August 7th of 2019, are you aware that an incident occurred at the farmhouse on that property? Yes, sir, I am. Do you have any personal knowledge of that, of what happened outside the farmhouse? I was not present to it. I know that there was a shooting. Did you come to find that out after the fact? Yes, after the fact, yes, sir. Meaning you didn't witness what actually happened? Absolutely not. Now, at some point on August 7th, were you still at the stable in the clubhouse when the police came? 
Yes, sir, I was. And did you have a conversation with them or were you interviewed by the police on that day? Yes, sir, I was that after that afternoon and that evening. And did you come to find out at some point after the shooting that that handgun that you gave to the defendant had been recovered by the police on the property? Unfortunately, sir, I did. Uh, Dr. Cox, I want to ask you some questions uh, about that weapon. Uh, were you charged with a crime related to that firearm? Yes, sir, I was. Do you recall what the specific charge was that you were charged with? I don't know the legal terms that you would use, but I'm sure that you could tell me, but it had to do with bringing a weapon into your state. And did it also have to do with unlawfully transferring it to another person? Yes, sir, it did. Now, do you recall appearing before Judge Taylor on December 13th, 2021 on a uh, Zoom or a virtual hearing? Yes, sir, I did. Were you represented by an attorney? Yes, sir, I was. Do you recall what the purpose of that hearing on December 13th was? Yes, the purpose was to put on, be put on a, a program, a pretrial intervention program. And what is your understanding of what uh, pretrial intervention is? You know, I'm not going to use legal terms because I don't know all the legal terms. But it is a type of uh, probation in which I will uh, re respond to a probation officer, which I have come to make contact with, and I will follow all the rules and regulations that I'm asked to do according to all the documents that I signed related to that. Now, do you recall what the maximum punishment you could have gotten if you didn't enter into PTI was for that crime? Uh, I think according to your laws, I could have gotten 18 months in uh, jail. And what was the period of supervision or or probationary supervision that you were given as part of the PTI? 36 months. Have you been compliant with the supervision at this point? Absolutely, sir, I have. Did you go over the PTI order that was signed by you and me and Judge Taylor? Yes, sir. And that was also signed by your lawyer? Yes, sir. And did that also require you to forfeit or surrender the firearm that we were just discussing? Yes, sir. Have you met with me and other members of my office at times over Zoom or Teams or something like that? Yes, sir. And at times, was your attorney present for some of those meetings? Yes, sir. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. After having established the witness Dr. Ruth Cox's relevance to the case, Prosecutor Shellhorn moves on to explore her history with the defendant. Now I want to draw your attention back to uh, Michael Barrison. Can you tell the jury approximately when it is that you first met him? I met him about five years before the incident happened down in uh, New Bern, North Carolina. And do you recall what the circumstances of that meeting were in New Bern? Yes, sir. Um, I owned a horse with Mary Haskins Gray, and we were looking for someone to help us uh, with this horse because we thought he had great potential. Mary Haskins uh, had known Michael and thought that he would be helpful to us, and uh, she had asked him to come down there to a horse clinic where there would be multiple lessons that he would give. And as you know, he's an Olympian and a very good horseman, and people would be interested to come and take lessons from him and that's how I first met him. 
over time, did you get to know him better? Yes, sir, I did. And did you also enter into a co-ownership agreement of a horse with him? Yes, sir, I did. What was the horse that you owned together with the defendant? Uh, it was a foal named Lady Guardian. And I'm sure everybody buys horses for different reasons. What's the reason that you would, would buy a horse or invest in a horse? Uh, we thought this horse would have a potential for dressage and um, Mary Haskins would be the person who would be his rider. And did you have any feelings about Michael Barrison being the trainer of that horse? I had positive feelings about that, yes sir. Over the course of time uh, that you knew the defendant and you entered into some of these business arrangements with him, did your relationship with him move beyond just business and become more of a friendship? Yes, sir. Now, I think you indicated that you owned a horse or horses with Mary Haskins, Gray. Yes, sir. Do you recall how many horses you owned with her? Two. What were the names of those horses? Don Devone was one horse and Jolena was the second horse. Did you own any other horses besides Don Devone, Jolena, or Lady Garden? No, sir. Where were those horses boarded? They were boarded at Michael Barrison's stables. Did you pay Mr. Barrison with respect to the boarding? Yes, sir, I did. Did you pay him as well for training the horses? Yes, sir. Now, I think you indicated already that you are familiar with the Long Valley Farm. Yes, sir. Are you familiar with whether or not Michael Barrison owns another stable or farm elsewhere? Yes, sir. Where is that? Loxahatchee, Florida. And did you have an opportunity during the course of your relationship with uh, Michael Barrison to visit both of those farms at yes. times? Yes, sir. Is it fair to say those visits went from being strictly business to being business and personal or social? Yes. Did you ever stay overnight in New Jersey when you came to visit? Yes, sir. Where would you typically stay if there was a typical place? I would stay somewhere on the farm. There were different opportunities for places for me to spend the night. So I would usually stay on the farm at some place. It would change from time to time. Can you generally describe for the jury, they've already seen some diagrams of the property, but What's your recollection of the general layout or some of the features of the property? Uh, it's a lovely piece of property from the road. Uh, there's a hill that goes up to the top, obviously, of the hill. There's a historic house that's there that's several stories high, which uh, he restored. Up at the top on the other side of the hill, there's a large horse complex that includes uh, a club room. And behind that club room, there's a lovely indoor arena. To the left of that club room, there is uh, a garage in which Michael had his cars, he loved antique cars. To the right, there was a long stables that came to the right. Behind all of that, there was another small stables over there. And you went down the hill on the other side, and below that was where the young slot was kept. And there was a small stable down there that was used uh, for feeding them and giving them hay. And there were several outdoor paddocks, and there was also an outdoor dressage arena over to the right. Now, you indicated that if you're driving on the driveway, that you would come up to a rise or a hill. If you went over the hill to where the, the stables and the clubhouse and that sort of thing are, could you see to the farmhouse? You could see the upper part of the, of the farmhouse, yes. I mean, it was like three stories high, so you could see the upper part of the farmhouse, yes, sir. Now, you described a little bit about the layout of the stable and the club room. Um, what are some of your distinctive memories of the club room area? The club room had a very long table uh, in the middle of it. It had furniture that you could sit and look out from the club room into the dressage arena, which was a very nice thing, particularly when it got chillier. 
Uh, there was a kitchen. Very often there were parties in there. Like just an example, July the 4th, we usually had a, a cookout. There was a porch on the front as you walked into uh, the club room. So there were various social activities that would happen in that club room. What kind of things do you remember would be hanging on the walls in that club room? Uh, there was memorability uh, that Michael had from his various years in his horse world. Uh, there were various championship ribbons that he had. Uh, there were letters from people that he had helped in the horse world, thanking him uh, for helping him on the walls. Now, when you weren't at the property or weren't at one of the farms, how frequently would you communicate with the defendant? I did not communicate. I was just trying to think on how to answer that. I did not communicate with him very often. I more, because Mary Haskins was later living up there, I would more communicate with her. Now, what was your experience, or let me ask you some questions about your experience related to the, the business that Michael Barrison was running. Do you know how many different stalls there were at the New Jersey farm for horses, for example? I never counted. I'm going to give an estimate. Okay, I'm going to say 20 plus. And what was your experience with the number of horses that may be in those stalls? I'm not sure what you're asking me. In other words, uh, were the stalls typically more full, more empty, or something in the middle? Oh, absolutely more full. He had some of his horses, and he had a lot of horses like mine who he had clients for, uh, so it was mainly full. Are you aware whether he had any employees or people working for him? Yes, sir. What was your understanding of that? He had a gentleman who mucked out the stalls in the morning, and he, he usually had one or two working students. What did you know the working students to do based on your observations or what you saw? Uh, they would groom the horses, they would get the, the horses tacked up and saddled to be ridden, and there was a constant exchange of horses between when Michael was there, between Michael, between Mary Haskins, and between Justin, and so the working students uh, took care of that. They also took care of the feeding. Prosecutor Shellhorn next asks the witness to describe her own educational and professional background. Now, you introduce yourself as a doctor. Yes, sir. Can you tell the jury a little bit about your own professional experience and what you do for a living? Okay, do you want me to talk about the degrees that I hold? Is that what you're asking me to do? What's your background in education? Okay. All right, so um, I hold a diploma degree in nursing, which is a three-year degree. I have a Bachelor of Science in Nursing. I have a Master's of Science in Psych Mental Health Nursing. I have a PhD degree in Marriage and Family Therapy. And I am a Family Nurse Practitioner and a Psych Mental Health Practitioner. And in a nutshell, what is your occupation now? What's your practice entail? Okay, so uh, in the town that I live in, I work for several different agencies there. Uh, doing medication management and also doing individual and family therapy. Were you ever engaged in a formal professional relationship based on your position with Michael Barrison? No, sir, I was not. Did you ever interact with him in that regard on a personal or a friendly level? Please ask that question in a different way. Did, did you ever uh, interact with him or have any dealings with him on a, on a personal level that drew on your professional background? Yes. Based on the period of time that you knew the defendant, did you ever observe anything when you were with him uh, related to his running the business? Yes, sir. 
What might that be? Um, I, I observed uh, how he managed his time, how he managed his clinics, his buying of selling of hay, his interest in, in different types of feed, those type things. Did you ever have any observations or even talk to him uh, with regard to any concerns he had about his finances or about the financial aspects of running a business? We discussed that at times because he was always very cognizant of uh, being able to fund this large organization, which is he alone was funding. So, uh, yes, we discussed that at times. That sort of leads in, into my next question, uh, set of questions, which is about how expensive it can be to own a horse. Uh, how, how much do you want to spend? <laughs> well, what, uh, what are some factors that could affect how much a, a horse costs to buy? Well, the factors would be their breeding, would be how you want to use this horse. If you just want a horse that you can trail ride, then you're not looking at a real expensive horse. The kinds of horses that were there at those stables, the kind of horses that myself and MH were interested in, were much, much higher priced horses that we were looking forward to doing the top level dressage national and international competition. And what are some of the ongoing expenses that you may have after you buy the horse? Oh, buying the horse was just the simple thing. So then you have feed, you have hay, you have watering, you have farrier bills, you have vet bills, you have tax, you have boarding. If you're going to boarding somewhere, you have training, you need a trailer, you need a truck. Does that help you? Is that just the tip of the iceberg? Yeah, that's why I'm smiling, yes. Now, you indicated that your purpose in wanting to buy those horses and your aspirations with the horses was to get them to the highest levels if possible. Absolutely. What role or effect does a trainer have in trying to accomplish a goal like that? Oh, the trainer uh, is, has a lot of responsibility in terms of their understanding of what it takes to do that, both for the horse and, and for the rider and the experience that they had had to be able to do that. And based on your experience in the equestrian industry, Similar to how you said, if you have aspirations for a horse, it may cost more. Does it cost more for a better trainer? Oh, absolutely, yes, sir. How would you evaluate the defendant as a trainer based on your observations? Exceptional. With that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrison. We will hear more from Dr. Cox's testimony in our next installment. If you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to Amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's Amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Taracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Michael Barrison.